Well, if you have your Bibles, if you'll open them up to Luke chapter 17, I want to talk to you about something today that is absolutely vital to your spiritual life. In fact, without it, it is impossible for you to know God and for you to grow spiritually. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the subject today of faith. Men, faith is vital to your spiritual life. It is kind of like the engine to your truck. Without faith, uh, you're not going anywhere. Ladies, faith is so vital to your spiritual life, it's like a love story in a good romantic comedy. Without it, it's just not even worth watching. Kids, faith is so vital to your spiritual life, it's kind of like chicken nuggets and mac and cheese are to your diet. Without it, you'll starve to death. We absolutely have to have faith if we are going to grow spiritually. And so our passage today begins with the disciples making a request to Jesus. The Bible says in Luke 17 and verse 5 that the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, notice who they asked to help them. They went to the Lord, and they asked the Lord to increase their faith. Now, we often put faith in various people or various things, and our faith will never be greater than the person or thing in which we place our faith. Unfortunately, sometimes we place our faith in the wrong people. I really believed that this was going to be the year that the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. I, back at training camp, I looked at the roster and I looked at last year's results and I thought, you know, this is going to be the year. But it didn't work out that way. I had my faith misplaced. Your faith is no greater than the person or the object in which you place it. And we sometimes think, you know what, if only, if only I can, if only I can fall in love and meet the right person, if only I can get to that point where I have financial security and I can do what I want to do, if only we can have that first child, then everything in life will just fall into place. And we start putting our faith in these accomplishments or in these moments, and we think, if only we can get there, then everything will be great. And unfortunately, misplaced faith will always let you down. And a lot of us, as we look back at the story of our lives, we can testify, somebody testify, we can testify that at times we have placed our faith in the wrong people or the wrong things and they have let us down. Now, what is faith? What is faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 gives us a working definition of faith. The Bible says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for 
and the proof of what is not seen. So if you're looking for a definition of faith, that's a good place to go. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. Faith, our our English word faith, comes from a Greek word, pistis, and it it means a a way of seeing things. It's a worldview. You may not realize this, but everybody has a worldview. It's the lens through which you understand the world around you. And so as Christians, we are to have a faith-driven worldview, and though we can't see God, we can't empirically say, okay, here he is in my laboratory, nor can I understand everything about the mind of God and his ways, but as a person of faith, I, I believe in him, and I am persuaded of his existence, of his goodness, of his power. And as a person of faith, I also, once again, testify to the fact that as I have walked this journey of life, the presence of God has walked with me every step of the way. And so when my faith is in God, the reality of what is hoped for becomes seen. The spiritual world is no longer just Uh, inanimate, but it also becomes physical because what God does within me transfers to what God is doing around me and through me. The unknown becomes known, and my hope becomes anchored in something that is real and eternal. So the passage goes on to say in verse 6 about faith, Hebrews 11, 6, now without faith, It is impossible. You guys say the word impossible with me, okay? Impossible. When you break that word down in the Greek, it means impossible. Okay? So without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let that sink in. For the one who draws near to Him must believe that He exists and rewards those who seek him without faith it is impossible to live a life that is pleasing to god without faith spiritually you start to dry up and just wither your soul becomes an arid wasteland now because your mama and daddy took you to church since you were a little bitty you might continue to come to church You might continue to sing the songs. You might continue to try to do the right things. But when you don't have faith alive and well within your soul, it just becomes a religious exercise. And a lot of times church becomes friends and fun rather than truly an encounter with God. We must have faith if we're going to continue to grow and mature and be the people that God has called us to be. We must have faith if we desire for the songs that we sing as a church to be more than just music, but to be the language of the soul. You see, when faith is alive and well within you, the songs flow out 
to God. Worship becomes a joy and not just an activity. And so the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him, would you please increase our faith? Now, this is good. They recognized that they didn't have enough faith, that they needed more of this thing we call faith. We need to realize that faith is not easy. Faith involves struggle. Faith has to mature. And to mature, faith must endure. Now we're almost to Valentine's Day. Doesn't it seem like Christmas was just the other day? And you remember at Christmas time, you started making some of those resolutions that you were going to do some things differently in 2018. And that seems like a distant memory now, doesn't it? Yeah. One of the New Year's resolutions that a lot of people make is you're going to get in shape, going to eat better. You know, if you want to get in shape, you have to move, you have to exercise, you have to be disciplined, and sometimes that's a real struggle. But if you push through the struggle, if you keep at it, if you do not quit, then eventually you start developing what is called endurance. Eventually, the changes start becoming visible on the outside. But for you to get there, you're going to have to push through. You're going to have to continue to be faithful even when it would be easy to quit. Now, Jesus has said up in verse 1 of Luke chapter 17 that offenses will come. In other words, life is not always going to be easy. People are going to do things that are wrong. Marriage is not just Cinderella and the prince driving off together and they live happily ever after. There are times when your marriage is going to be hard, when it's going to be a struggle. There are times when those little kids are going to require a tremendous amount of patience and godliness on your part. People are going to do things that they shouldn't do. People will do you wrong. Even in the church, people will do things that they shouldn't do. Offenses will certainly come. The struggle is real, but faith pushes through the struggle. Faith pushes through the doubt. And it finds God. It reaches maturity. It develops endurance. And so Jesus, back to Luke chapter 17, Jesus begins to teach us how you and I can increase our faith. He says in verse 6, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, You can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea. And it will obey you. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Well, that's really not much faith. Uh, Jesus, I believe, was talking about size here because the mustard seed was very, very small, about one to two millimeters in diameter. Just a, if you have faith, just the size of a mustard seed, and you place that faith in God, 
God calls us to plant our faith in Him. And when we do, the ordinary can become the extraordinary. So catch this. God uses your faith as a means to reveal His power. You say, well, God can do whatever He wants to, can He? I mean, God's all-powerful. God's all-knowing. Why does He need my faith? God uses your faith as a means to reveal His power. Why does He do that? I don't know. He's God. But He does. He uses our faith. He uses our prayers as a means to reveal His power. And so, in the illustration that Jesus gives, we have a mulberry tree. I'm not an expert on mulberry trees, but I understand that they can mature to 50 to 80 feet high. They have deep root systems. And Jesus says that faith looks at that tree and says, uproot. But it doesn't just stop there. Then the tree is planted in the sea. Now, given Jesus' location, he probably was referencing the the Dead Sea. So he uproots faith, uproots the mulberry tree, and then it says, I'm going to plant you over in the sea. I know it's a thousand feet deep. I know it's 35% salt. I know it's called the Dead Sea because nothing lives in the Dead Sea, but I'm going to plant this tree by faith in the Dead Sea. Now, what is Jesus doing here? He is painting an impossible scenario. But he says, if you just have a little faith, and that faith is rightly placed in a big God, the impossible becomes reality. A little faith planted in a big God can turn the impossible into the possible. Do you have faith today? When we sing the song and ask the question, can somebody testify? Do you have faith alive and well within your soul? Do you understand that without faith, you will not mature? Without faith, you will not be the person that God has designed you to be, the person that God has called you to be. Do you understand that even when it's difficult, faith perseveres through the struggle and finds God. Now, there have been times when I've seen God just clearly speak. I've seen Him do things that were just very clearly God. Brent Sorrells is sitting back in the back of the worship room today, back over. Brent, raise your hand back there. When, when Brent came to town, he is a missionary to the Vietnamese people here in our area. And we have a lot of Vietnamese that live in Murphy. And so when he came to town, we as a church were praying about how we can get more involved in the Vietnamese community and how we can reach out to them with the gospel. Many of them come from a Buddhist background. And so Brent and I, one day, we went to lunch, and he told me all about the need to reach the Vietnamese people here in the community. Then Brent and I get in our cars, and we go our separate ways after lunch. And would you believe, not five minutes later, a Vietnamese Buddhist boy from the community comes and knocks on the door of the church crying. Now, I've been in pastoring for a number of years. You know how many times I've had a Vietnamese Buddhist boy come knock on the door crying? Once. Right after I had lunch with the Vietnamese missionary. 
And so Paul and Paul talked to him, and they were able to lead him to the Lord. Now, I kind of think God might have been saying something to us. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes God speaks to us, and when God speaks, you better pay attention. When God uproots the mulberry tree and plants it in the sea, you better pay attention. Because God's doing something that only God can do. God is at work and He desires from you obedience. He desires from you faith. Just trust Him. Follow His lead. There are times when the best thing you can do as a Christian is trust Him and get out of His way. Let God do what only God can do. You know, there's other times when God moves mountains, when God moves something that at once seemed impossible, but He does it one step at a time. I was watching a documentary about some mountaineers who were trying to climb Mount Everest, 29,000 feet to the peak of Mount Everest. That's not something you do casually. You don't just grab a couple bottles of water and throw a day pack on your back and go climb Mount Everest. And so these mountaineers had literally spent years training to be in the physical condition. They had spent months meticulously planning. They had spent weeks acclimating to the altitude. Every day they would go a little bit higher, and then they would come back and sleep. And then the next day they would go a little bit higher and come back and sleep so that they could acclimate to the altitude. It took them days to climb just to get to base camp. And then finally, they try to make their summit. And when they reach the very tip of the mountain, it's just one step at a time. Just one step takes a tremendous amount of effort. But little by little, they take those steps, and that mountain that once stood in front of them that seemed like an impossibility, that mountain begins to move, and eventually, step by step, day by day, they reach the top, and the mountain's no longer in the way. The mountain has moved. Sometimes God moves mountains. Sometimes God does the impossible, but He does it one step at a time. And God desires your faith. And God desires for your faith to lead you to be faithful. Just keep taking a step. And so Jesus continues on the subject of faith in verse 7. And he now uses another illustration. He says, Which one of you, having a slave, tending sheep or plowing, will say to him when he comes in from the field, Come at once and sit down to eat. Instead, uh, will he not tell him, prepare something for me to eat, get ready, and serve me while I eat and drink, and later you can eat and drink? Does he thank the slave because he did what was commanded? In the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, you should say, we are good for nothing slaves, we've only done our duty. Now, slavery is a sensitive and difficult subject within our culture. Understand that in Jesus' day, it was a very vivid reality. There were many, many people living in slavery. To an extent, 
Jesus was even living in slavery because his nation was under the dominance of Rome, and so they weren't completely free people. But there were many that were actually living in the class that would be called slavery. And so they were considered property. They worked hard. They weren't really extended many rights whatsoever. And so people could relate to this story. And so Jesus tells the story where there has been a slave out in the field. And this slave has been working hard, watching the sheep, and he or she has been plowing the field. You can picture the old wood plow, plowing and plowing and physically demanding work, doing the work of many men. And so he comes in to the home absolutely exhausted. And the master looks at him and doesn't say, why don't you sit here for a while and get some food? Instead, the master says, I'm glad you're back home. Now, go cook me some dinner. And so the slave does all this. And he doesn't even get a thank you. In fact, Jesus says he's done his duty. And so he gets up again the next day, and he does it again. Now, the application is that we are ultimately servants of our Lord. And that servants of, as servants of our Lord, we have to be faithful even when we are not appreciated just to do our duty, to be faithful, to one step at a time Follow him and trust him, and he can move mountains. How do you think the slave must have felt? Work all day. I think a lot of us feel that way. We feel that way at work. Work hard, and nobody really appreciates us. Sometimes you feel that way in the home. You just do your duty. And no one ever notices. Seems like nobody ever even says, thank you. I want you to know something today. I want you to notice, I want you to know that God notices. I want you to know, know that what you do and your faithfulness does not escape your Lord. I think of that faithful mom who right now night after night you're up with that baby or that child and night after night you lose sleep and then the sun rises and motherhood doesn't stop and you go through the days absolutely exhausted you are now hearing impaired because of the crying in your ear <laughs> And you're tired and you're worn out, but you love your children. And so you faithfully just serve. And sometimes you think nobody notices. I want you to know God sees it. I think of that couple who works hard just to make ends meet, to put food on the table, to make sure that the kids have what they need. And yet every paycheck, you're faithful to give a tithe back to the Lord, recognizing that all that you have comes from Him. 
And every week, even when it's 20 degrees outside, you make it a priority to be here. And you're faithful. I want you to know, though others may not notice, God sees it. And He takes note. That life group class that week after week studies the Bible together. And you're praying for one another. And you're caring for each other. And you are becoming true friends that walk the journey of life with one another. And sometimes you think about your friends in that life group class and there's just so much struggle that everybody is going through. But together you are faithful and I want you to know that God sees that and rewards it. I want you to know a wanna worker, VBS volunteer, camp leader, life group teacher, door greeter, preschool volunteer, whatever it might be, you work hard and you faithfully serve on Sunday. And people don't tell you thank you enough. Sometimes what you do may go unnoticed, but I want you to know that God notices. God sees it and He rewards your faithfulness. And God is using you more than you know. God is using you. You may not see it immediately, and that's difficult in our culture, because in our culture we want to see results now. Sometimes it's difficult, but God is using you. When you faithfully serve Him, day after day, week after week, year after year, God takes those mustard seed investments of faith and He plants mulberry trees in the Dead Sea. God takes faithfulness and He uses it in ways that go beyond anything we could possibly do or anything that we could possibly imagine. So please, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't run away when the struggle becomes real. Keep being faithful. Keep trusting. Keep taking one step at a time. Keep seeing the world through hope. Keep seeing the world through the lens of faith. Be God's people. And He will take those mustard seed investments of faith And he will move mulberry bushes and trees and plant them in the ocean when God's people are faithful. I close with this passage of Scripture from Galatians chapter 6. It's one that you may recognize on the first part. It says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. That's one of the favorite verses of parents and grandparents, right? Let me tell you, kid, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And you're about to meet the reaper. Right? But that's really not the context. The context wasn't your wild teenager. The context here is faithfulness. Continues to go on and says, Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit, 
the one who plants those seeds of faith in the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So, here's the conclusion. We must not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Would you be so kind as to bow your heads with me, please, as the musicians will come forward and they'll prepare to lead us in our time of commitment. If there's anything that I may pray with you or encourage you about, I'll be here at the front. It's always my joy to be a pastor to you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the people that are sitting in this room right now. I thank you for their life stories, and I thank you, Father, for their faithfulness, for their love for you, and for their love for one another. I know that as we walk into the door in the doors today, that there are many of us that are tired, that beyond the greetings and the smile, there's been some struggle. There's challenges. And Lord, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to lose faith. To feel as though life is just always coming against us and nobody cares and nobody notices what we do. And nobody appreciates it. But we're reminded today from your holy word that you notice And we're reminded that you appreciate it. And so, Father, I pray that you might give us strength, a renewed zeal, and a renewed faith to faithfully follow you. And, Father, I pray that we might see mulberry trees growing in the Dead Sea, that we might see you do things that only you can do, I pray, Father, that we might see mountains move. I pray, Lord, that we might be a part of something that is so much beyond ourselves, a part of the spiritual world becoming seen. And I pray, Father, that you will help us to be faithful to your call. It's in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we worship. Amen.